to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Father, we are grateful and thankful. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for your goodness. We thank you for the love that you have shown us. We thank you for the gift of salvation. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful church that you have given us. We thank you for the fathers that you have given us. We pray, Lord, even as we launch into our feeding 527, we pray, O oh God, that you will help us. We pray, Lord, that you will lead us, you will guide us, give us of your Holy Spirit to teach us in the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God, that you will give us a heart to receive. As we launch our study, as we launch into our study, our guide, Father, we pray, Lord, that you will give us hearts that are prepared to receive. We thank you for status 527. We thank you, Lord, that you are here with us to minister to our hearts. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence with us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and please be seated. And this afternoon, I am beginning to share with you Many Christians are called. Many Christians are called. Hallelujah. Can I see by show of hands who is a Christian here? Who is a Christian? Five, ten from this side. What? Some few on this side. There are some non-Christians who are in church today. Today you'll be a Christian. And there are some... Can I see the Christians on this side? Wonderful. Well... Many Christians are called. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God has an intention to save the world. Amen. Amen. In John 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved Ghanaians, for God so loved Americans, or for God so loved Jamaicans. But the Bible says, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For the world. Hallelujah. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him, anyone, anyone, God's intention is to save the world. Hallelujah. I say God's intention is to save the world. Amen. Now, if God had a mind to save the world, then you will agree with me that few pastors who are preaching the true gospel today aren't enough to help God save the world. Do you agree with me? Yes, the few pastors, and I say, who are preaching the true gospel because not many pastors preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Church members are now with itchy ears to hear anything besides the gospel. Amen. And so many pastors do not preach the gospel. 
Hallelujah. And so for the few who are preaching the gospel, it will not be enough if God wants to save the whole world. Hallelujah. So our first point is many are called. Many are called. Matthew 22 and verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called. The calling of God is to many Christians. Many people are called, but few are chosen. Amen. Amen. Now, of course, when you call people, you call so many and few respond, then you only have the option to choose the few. Many are called, but not everyone responds. And I'm believing God that by the end of this series, you will respond. I say you will respond because you are called. Many are called. Hallelujah. See, when you go to a church and you see a large congregation and you see a few pastors in the church, you get the impression that not many people are called. You get the impression that a few people are called to be pastors or a few people are called to do the work of God. But the Bible is telling us that many Christians are called. Many Christians are called to do the work of God. Anthony, many Christians are called. Now, if many are called, that means that the majority of the people ought to be shepherds. The majority of the people ought to be pastors. If many are called. Many means that the ones that are called, they are more than the ones who are not called. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, many are called. It means that you are included. You are included in the called ones. You are called. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible is telling us, that many Christians are called. Many people are called. Amen. And we as a church, as a UD, we strongly believe in this scripture. We strongly believe that many are called. And for that reason, we give many people the opportunities to do the work of God. Hallelujah. And so tell your neighbor you are in a good place. Say you are in a good place. If you are in a church where you are not given the opportunity to do the work of God, you have to move on. You have to be in a church where you are afforded the opportunity to do the work of God. And I'm announcing to you as a pastor that you also are called. You are called to do the work of God. You are called to preach the gospel. You are called to teach the people of God. You are called to equip the people of God. Many people are called. Many people are called to do the work of God. The work of God is not for some few people. Amen. The work of God is not for some few people. It is not for some few selected, few special people. Many people are called. Many people are called to do the work of God. Amen. And we strongly believe in that. We strongly believe in this. That is why we encourage everyone to be a shepherd, to be someone who will be trained to do the work of God. Hallelujah. Because many people are called. Many people are invited to do the work of God. Amen. Amen. 
When a company wants to hire people, they send out invitation. They send out invitation, and sometimes many people apply, but sometimes many people don't follow up. Amen. And you realize that the only ones that they will choose will be the ones who respond. The ones who attend interviews. Hallelujah. The ones who prepare themselves. The only ones who are selected are the ones who learn about the company, who will explore or will, will investigate the mission of the company, do their homework. These are the people who show themselves ready. And these are the ones that are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen because many people do not prepare themselves. Many people do not avail themselves. Hallelujah. But many are called. Amen. Amen. We believe in that strongly. We believe that many people who are sitting in the congregation, many Christians who are here today are called to do the work of their ministry. Amen. Yes, you are sitting down and you are receiving, but I am announcing to you today that you are called in the very seat where you are sitting, you are called to do the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. I'm preaching from the book Many are called by the presiding bishop, Bishop Dagiward Mills. Many are called. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. It says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. He gave different gifts. He gave different gifts. To the apostles, he gave gifts. He gave gifts for some to become teachers, for some to become prophets, for some to become pastors, for the perfecting of the saints. To prepare the saints, to prepare the congregation for the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. If you read from the New Living Translation, the same scripture, if you can give us the New Living Translation, it says, now these are, New Living Translation, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Are you with me? These are the gifts. Are you reading with me? I want your attention. We are reading the Bible. We are reading the You see, not many churches read scriptures like this. Because many pastors want to be unique. Many pastors want to be, have some type of cloud around them to make it look like the work of God is for some special selected people. But I'm telling you that ordinary person like you, you are also called to do the work of the ministry. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are called to do the work of the ministry. God never intended that you be sitting in the congregation like this all your life. 
if you are hearing certain teachings, if you are hearing certain messages, if you are hearing certain scriptures read to you and expounded to you, the reason is for the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. So he says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Do you see the two dots? I don't know how many of you went to good schools, but when you see the two dots, it's telling you something. What does it tell you? It means something. Tell me what does it mean, the two dots. It means the following. It's listing the gifts now. It says God gave gifts to the church. And these are the gifts. Number one, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and teachers. Hallelujah. God gave these gifts to the church. So in the church, we have apostles, we have prophets, we have pastors, we have teachers. And we have evangelists. It says, their responsibility. Are you, are you reading with me? Yes. Their responsibility. The reason for giving this gift. It says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work wow. and build up the church, the body of Christ. Yes. That is the reason why he gave these gifts. Okay. Amen. So if you are enticed to now go to a church where someone says he's a prophet and all the time he's just prophesying to you which witch is chasing you and which witchcraft is after you and what darkness is against you and constantly that is what your ear is itching to hear, I am telling you, you are in the wrong place because God gave gifts to prophets to equip the people for the work of the ministry. Amen. Amen. And if you go to a church where every time you feel like, I think I have to rise up to do something. After each message, you feel that something is telling you, I think I also ought to do something. And you feel uncomfortable because you don't do anything. I am announcing to you that you are in a good church. Hallelujah. Did you cut off my microphone? They didn't do anything. Well, whoever does not want you to hear this message, I break his neck. I cancel the plans of the enemy. I nullify his powers and I bring down every satanic force that is blocking you from hearing this message because you are here to be equipped for the work of the ministry. You are here to be taught, to be strengthened, to be filled with the power to do the work of God. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why God gave these gifts. To give them the responsibility. So if you are a pastor and you don't have a sense of responsibility to teach your church, to make them rise up to do the work of the ministry, then you have failed the scripture. Amen. Amen. Then you have failed the scripture. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you will be happy that you buy an expensive gift for someone. You know, you buy an expensive gift for someone and then you give the gift, you wrap the gift nicely, put it in a nice bag and present it to the person 
And then one day you go to the person's house and his children are tossing the gift, playing with the gift, hitting the gift. I don't know how many of you will be happy. And I bet that that will be the last time you are giving a gift, a special gift to such a person. Hallelujah. At least that's what, that is what I would do. Amen. And so you are called to do the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. You are called to do the work of the ministry. Number two, there is a call to fruitfulness. There is a call to fruitfulness. There is a call to fruitfulness. Keith Green said in a song, he says, you don't need to hear a call. You are already called. You don't need to hear a call. If you are a Christian, you are already called. Amen. Amen. Now, what are we called to do? The answer is in John 15 and verse 16. John 15 and verse 16. It says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, you have not chosen me. You have not chosen me. When you give your life to Christ, now he chooses you. Amen. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I have chosen you. Hallelujah. Beverly, Jesus is saying he has chosen you. Amen. Beloved, if you didn't know, I am announcing to you that Christ has chosen you. In particular, he has chosen you. He said, you did not. This scripture is not for some special selected people. This is not for some few special selected people. He says, are you reading the scripture? Is this scripture for all Christians? Then Christ is saying he has chosen you. He has chosen you and has ordained you. Wow. Say wow. Wow. You see, you didn't know that as you are sitting there, you are an ordained priest. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, I'm so glad I came to church today. Say, I didn't know who I am am. until today. today. You are an ordained priest. I say, you are an ordained priest. Tell your neighbor, be careful with who you're sitting with. Say, be careful with me. Say, be careful with me. Say, I'm not a small person. Amen. He says, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. You should go and bring forth fruit. So there is a call to fruitfulness. Once you give your life to Christ, you give him the opportunity to choose you. Amen. Amen. So Christ made a great sacrifice to save you. He, make a, he made a great sacrifice. 
He died on a cross to save you. But many Christians do not want to make any sacrifice for Christ. We don't want to make any sacrifice for Christ. Amen. Many people don't want anything that will go in as a sacrifice when it comes to the things of God. You don't want to sacrifice your sleep. You don't want to sacrifice your time. You don't want to sacrifice your money. You don't want to sacrifice anything. But someone laid down his life for you. And so for that, he says, I have a right to choose you. If you have received salvation, then I am choosing you. And I'm ordaining you that you should also now go and bring forth fruits. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? It's not complex. Is it complex? It's not complex. Joseph, God has chosen you. God has selected you. You are an ordained priest. Amen. You are an ordained priest. Andrea, you are an ordained priest. You are not a little girl. You are not an ordinary girl. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. You are an ordained priest. God has chosen you and he has ordained you that you also should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Hallelujah. That your fruit should remain. Amen. Today Christians are interested in only what we can get from Christ. Only what we can get from Jesus. We come to him always with our problems. We come to him always with our requests. We never come to him to ask what we can also do for him. We are loaded with requests. You know, if Christ were to appear before any of you, you will have a long list of things. Amen. A long list of things that you want from him. Deal with my mother-in-law. Deal with my landlord. Let the rent go down. My car loans. My student loans. This, you have a long list of things. My boss, my this, my that. Break this person's neck. Break that person's arm. Twist this one. Do this. All kinds of things. Let this girl love me. Let this man love me. All kinds of things. And this is what motivates so many people to go to church. Are you with me? This is what motivates so many people to go to church. But he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruits. And that your fruit should remain first. Do that. Then he says that whatsoever. Yes, you want me to break your mother-in-law's leg? Then do this first. You want your rent to go down? Do this first. Amen. He didn't say, let me break your mother-in-law's leg before you are chosen. You are chosen. You are ordained to go and bring forth fruits. Hallelujah. And bring forth fruit. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You are chosen. You are selected. Emmanuel, you are chosen. You are selected. You are an ordained priest. You should walk in that status as an ordained priest. Hallelujah. An ordained priest. Amen. You see, I don't think anyone will like a relationship where you are constantly being asked to do something for the person. I don't think so. I don't like a relationship where the person only has something to ask from you. You know, whenever you have someone like that, I tell you, whenever you see the person, what do you do? You run! You run because the moment you see the person, you know what is coming. I tell you, some of you, the moment you enter the church, God sees you, he says, hey, he has come again. Some of you, you have a long list. When you start to pray, you can't stop. And so the moment, you see, anyone, you don't like a relationship like that. There are some people, they like gifts. They always want to receive gifts. They always want to receive gifts. It's my birthday. It's my anniversary. It is my this. It is my graduation. It is my valentine. It is my this. It is my that. It is my that. It is my that. They never give gifts. Do you like friends like that? God does not like friends like that neither. You don't know that you are made in the image of God. God also does not like friends who always come to him to take things. To take things. Hallelujah. You see, one of the reasons why many people do not respond to the call is because some pastors also make it mystified. Some, some pastors have made it mystified. And it's like a mystery to become a priest. It's like mysterious to become a pastor. And so the congregation also sees this work as a mystery. But there is no mystery to it. The only thing is anyone who responds, he calls. Anyone who responds, he calls. Hallelujah. It's not mysterious. Amen. That, that brings us to our next point. Some people are called in a spectacular way. Some people, their calling is very spectacular. Amen. Acts chapter 9 and verse 3. Acts chapter 9 and verse 3. Look at that. It says, and he was approaching Damascus. This is Apostle Paul's calling. And he was approaching Damascus. On this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. This is Paul who was on his way to Damascus to obtain authority to arrest Christians. And on the way, the Bible says, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. Then it says, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
The next verse. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Hallelujah. You see, this is a very spectacular encounter. Very fantastic. Do you understand? And so if you were Saul, then you have the full assurance that Christ has called you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But not many people in the Bible were called this way. Not many people are called. Not many people had an encounter like this. Not many people were... Have you gone to Damascus before? So first of all, you will never be on the road to Damascus. (laughs) Even if you go there, you'll be a tourist. You are not on your way to obtain permits to persecute Christians. So this was a very spectacular encounter for Saul when the Lord called him. Amen. Amen. And this was what he stood on and he says he is called. He is called. Let us look at Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. He says one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, It didn't burn. That is a very spectacular sight. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is a very spectacular. And then the next verse, it says, this is amazing. Moses said to himself, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go to see it. Why is the bush not burning up? I must go see it. Then, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him from the middle of the bush. Do you see? Now you will feel called. You will feel that you are called. If you have an encounter like this, you will feel that you are called. And you see, These such examples make people feel that if God is really going to call you, then something spectacular ought to happen to you. Something unique has to happen. Something that is out of this world, some strange thing, strange manifestation has to happen before you feel that you are called. But not everyone had an encounter like that. Hallelujah. Not everyone can have an encounter like that. Some people, that it brings to our next point, some people are called in an ordinary way. Amen. Point number four. Some people are called in an ordinary way. Amen. Amen. Some people's calling, they are not spectacular. They are not unique. Hallelujah. Amen. 
First King chapter 19 and verse 11. First King chapter 19 and verse number 11. Hallelujah. It says, go out. This is prophet Elijah. Now, this is a, a big prophet. Do you understand? A major prophet with major miracles. Fantastic miracles. He says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. This is when he was hiding because he was on the run for his life. A big prophet on the run for his life. Hiding in a cave. The Lord said, go out and stand. Can we read the King James Version, please? Until you are told, all scriptures are in King James. It says, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Do you see? Can you imagine the scene that we are describing right now? God said, go and stand somewhere, and you are going to see the Lord pass by. God is going to come. So when he was there, the Bible says, and behold, the Lord passed by. The Lord passed by. And he was looking for a sign when God passes by, he will know that God has passed by. I mean, when God passes by, you, you should know them. Almighty God. Hurricane. He says, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So he was standing there, he saw the mountains a great wind breaking the mountains in pieces. Now you can convince yourself that this is the Lord. The Lord must be in this. I believe at that moment he started shaking, bowed down and ready to hear. But the Bible says, but the Lord was not in the wind. The Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. <laughs> an earthquake is another major one. <laughs> right now, if I just said, let there be a shake. And as you are sitting there, small shake. You felt that the chair shook a little bit. You will say, wow, the pastor is wow. God is with him. But I can call and maybe your chair can shake. And God is not in it. And God is not in it. Amen. He says, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Then the next verse. And after the earthquake... A fire. God is teaching you something. God is showing you something. He says, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, 
a still small voice. A still small voice. After all the wilderness, after all the wild things that you would expect God to be in it, they all passed. The Lord was not in it. And after these things, a still small voice. And then, and it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What dost thou hear, Elijah? Only in the still small voice. Muhammad, only in the still small voice. So sometimes we are looking for spectacular manifestation of God. And God is not in it. It is not the place where it's shaking that you see God. Not always. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it's just a still small voice. Sometimes it's just a small young lady preaching and powerfully God is in it. Someone like Andrea can stand in front here. Someone like Michelle can stand in front here. And you will think, oh, what is this little girl also doing with the microphone? But through that little, tiny, little girl's voice, God will speak to you. God will speak to you. God will speak to you. You are also called. You are called. You are called. Amen. You are called. In that small voice. And God spoke. That is when he heard. In that small voice. Amen. You see, so, so when someone shares a very dramatic experience, dramatic encounter with God, it makes the person look powerful. And it makes the person sound powerful. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And so everyone is also looking for something like that. Everyone is looking for some dramatic experience to share so that you sound like a very powerful shepherd, very powerful pastor. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But we cannot put God in a box. We cannot put God in a formula. We cannot make God into a formula, an equation that when we put this and that, it will yield this. God has a variety and God has different ways of calling people. He has different ways of doing things. And you cannot predict him. That is what makes him God. That is what makes him God. You cannot predict him. I will show you in three different ways how Jesus healed blindness. Three different ways how Jesus healed blindness. Look at the first one with blind Bartimaeus. In Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse 35. I'm almost done, so bear with me. Luke chapter 18 and verse 35. It says, and it came to pass. Are you reading with me? And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the way, wayside begging. A certain what? Blind man. Blind is blind. Blind is a person who cannot see. 
He said, a certain blind man was sitting by the wayside and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they, they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know, there are some people, <laughs> when you are praying, they think you are making noise. They don't know what you need. So this guy, he was screaming on top of his voice. He said, Jesus himself passing right here, no way. No way. So they told him, be quiet, you are making too much noise. He didn't mind them. Now the next verse says, and Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. When he was come nigh, he asked him, saying, what wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately, he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Clap your hands for Jesus. The next blind man. Look at the next blind man. John chapter 9. John chapter 9 and verse 1. Another blind man. He says, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was born blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You know, people, eh? Anytime you are having trouble, they associate it with something that you have done wrong. I don't even know how a person can sin before he's born. He said, which one sin, this man, his father or his mother, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither had this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you don't understand why certain things are happening to you, but sometimes God wants to use your story for his glory. Hallelujah. Sometimes you, you wonder why you are experiencing this. You have kept yourself, you have been faithful, you have served God, you have done everything right, but something not going on right with you. Something, every time you touch it, it doesn't work. Sometimes God just wants to use your story for his glory. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, this is to manifest the glory of God. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had that spoken, are you with me? This is a blind man. This is Jesus. When Jesus had that spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. You know, you can't just easily spit. Do you understand? Sometimes you have to clear your throat. You know, and 
the blind man could hear Jesus. And he was wondering, what is Jesus doing? I heard of blind Bartimaeus. He just said, receive thy sight. What is he doing? Okay, he's clearing his throat to say that, receive your sight. So he was waiting, aggressively waiting to hear the words. But he heard, crack, 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 on the ground. And he couldn't hear anything. The next thing he heard, the sun and the spit, the saliva. Jesus mixing the saliva with the, with the sun. He says he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he used that and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. So if you are standing there and you are waiting to hear, receive thy sight. And your eyes are like this blind and he's coming to touch your eyes with spit and clay. Death on the ground. And you are moving your head this way. You are dodging this way. You are dodging that way. You will miss your healing. You cannot put God in a formula. You cannot always expect that God will say receive thy sight. So he spots, makes it and touches eyes. And said unto him, not receive thy sight. Now he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. You see, this is the glory of God. He said, it is by interpretation sent. We will not have time to read this, but when you go home, read the entire scripture. You will see that he was indeed sent. He was born blind for a purpose. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. He has received his sight. Put your hands together for Jesus. Wow. You cannot put God in a formula. Let us look at one more blind man. I am showing you that not every call of God is such spectacular. You are called. Amen. Some people will receive dreams. Others will not receive dreams. Some people will see visions. Others will not see visions. Some people will hear a voice. Others will not hear a voice. Hallelujah. So Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. And, and he cometh to Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man unto him. And besought him to touch him. We have seen that sometimes it is received thy sight, no touching, and the sight comes. But now we have also seen that he makes his clay with the spittle and he touched. So they brought him and they said, touch this one. Touch this one. Go your thing. Do your thing. Clear your throat, Jesus. Do the thing. So they were waiting for him to clear the throat and spit on the ground and mix it and touch the eyes. And he took the blind man by the hand. This time, he did not spit in front of the people. He didn't show them what he was doing. He took the blind man by his hand and he took him and led him out of the town. And they were wondering, what is he going to do with him? 
This one, he has not done it before. This Jesus. He has not done this. Where is he going with him? So he took him, took him to the, out of town, out of town. And when he had spit on, this is one, he just looked at the man like this, clear his throat and his face, pow! God is God. Say, God is God. He will do his thing. Anyhow he wants. He spat directly on the man's eyes. Pa, pa. And then he put his hand upon him. Not his eyes. Upon him. He asked him if he saw what. If he can see now. The next verse. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees <laughs> walking. Ah, Jesus. Everyone they receive their sight. Me is partial, halfway. What is this? I can only see men, but they look like trees. The woman that is standing there, her hair is like, I don't know if it's Rasta, but it looks like tree. But I see the woman is walking. The man is walking. He said, I see, I see men as trees walking. Are you with me? After that, he put his hand again upon his eyes and made him look up. God is God. He made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. Put your hands together for the Lord. You cannot put God in a formula. You cannot make God do the same thing he did for him. You cannot expect God to do the same exact thing. God is God. And he will do whatever he wants. Hallelujah. And he says, you are also called. Amen. So we see God healing the same illness, the same blindness, healing them in a very spectacular, different ways. Hallelujah. And the prophet Elijah also made a mistake. Even expecting God to be in a wind, mighty wind, and waiting to hear from God, and expecting God to be in an earthquake, and expecting God to be in a fire. But God was in a very still voice. Some of you, your calling is a very still voice from a little little girl that is standing to preach before you. Sometimes your calling is for a very still voice from a pastor, an ordinary pastor, a pastor whose name is not known anywhere, standing in the bronze north and preaching to you and saying, you are called also. You are called also. You are called. Hallelujah. You are called. Many of you are called, but many of you are waiting for a spectacular occurrence which may never happen. Hallelujah. And our last point, some people are called through their desire. Some people are called through their desire. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Many some people are called through their desire. That's our last point. Point number five. Some people are called through their desire. 
First Timothy 3 and verse 1. He said, this is a true saying. If a man desired the office of a bishop, he desired a good work. Amen. Hallelujah. If anyone has a desire to sit in the office of a pastor, an office of a shepherd, an office of a bishop, he desired a good work. God says this is a good thing. It is a good sign. It is a good symptom. When you have a desire, a desire to do anything for God, you have a great desire and it's a symptom of someone who is called. When you have a desire to do the work of God, it's a sign, it's a symptom. Do not play with that desire. Do not belittle that desire. It's a sign of your calling. Hallelujah. Amen. Our own father, our, our own father, the presiding bishop, he narrates that he received his calling through a desire. He received his calling through a desire. And he prayed for many years, many years praying that he will see Jesus like his father, Kenneth Hagin. Because he has been following Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin has been talking about the many instances where he had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus would sit with him. Even when he was sick in bed, Jesus came to sit by his side and talking to him. And so he heard and read all these things. And he was following this great man of God. And he was praying and praying and praying that one day he will also have an encounter with Jesus. That he will also see Jesus sitting by his side and talking to him. But he says that never happened. That never happened. It has never happened. But look today, he has a great ministry. Today he is counted among one of the greatest ministries worldwide. Amen. Amen. Just by a desire. Just by a desire. Hallelujah. So you too, if you have a desire, it's a sign. It's a sign. You have a desire to do anything for God, it's a sign that you are called. It's a sign of a great call. Hallelujah. You may never have a spectacular vision. You may never hear God's voice in a very spectacular way, but you are called to do great things for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And sometimes you are waiting for a sign. You are waiting to see a sign. You are waiting to hear a voice in a very unique way. But this last scripture, let me read it to you. Mark chapter 8 and verse 11. Mark chapter 8 and verse 11. It says, And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven. You know, sometimes church members, they are looking to see a sign that you are called. They are looking to see some wonders that you are called. Sometimes they are looking, they, 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 they tell you something and they, they want to hear if you have seen it in a dream. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? If you have seen it in a dream, if God has said something to you, they sometimes they give you a partial story to see if you have the whole story. You have become like Nebuchadnezzar. What a shock. And the Bible says, and the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him, trying him, testing him, 
testing to see if he is really called. And he sighed deeply in his spirit. You see, we cannot walk with God like that if we are going to look for signs to be all, before we can believe him or before we can believe his prophets, before we can believe his teachers, before we can believe his pastors. So he sighed deeply. We don't walk with God like that. We don't walk with God like that. We don't test God. We don't test God like that. So they came testing him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek after a sign? Why? Why are you always looking for a sign? Today you hear something and you are flying. You are taking a flight, booking the next flight and going to Arizona. Because you have heard that this person lifted his hand and then the rain came upon the people. You are following signs. Are you with me? You don't walk with God like that. And when you are looking for sign, he says, why does this generation seek after a sign? Verily, that means truly, I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. There shall no sign. Let me tell you, if it is your aim to see a sign, then God will never give you a sign. And when you are not looking, look, today look at our church. The UD is one of the largest churches in the world. That should be a sign. And you, you, will, not, you, you will not see, Bishop says he has waited and waited. One day he said he was in his house and one of our pastors came to visit him. And the pastor was sleeping in his room. A pastor that he appointed, sleeping in his room. And Jesus came in the house and appeared to this pastor. And the bishop said, when the pastor told him about this story, he was very angry. <laughs> he was very angry. He says, I am the landlord. And I am the, I am the one owner of this house. And it's not like I've not been expecting to see you. You know my prayers. You know how long. He said one day he went to pray and he closed his eyes all day. The whole day. He didn't want to open his eyes. Just that he will see Jesus. That once he's done and he opens his eyes, he will see Jesus. How many of you have done that before? How many of you have done that before? Sometimes I, I said, I want to feel it. I want to see. And you close your eyes. Because you, when you open your eyes, the things will distract you and your mind will go. So you close your eyes. Then you finish, you open, there's no sound. So when I learned this, I also let go. And when I let go of this one day, I had a dream. And I woke up in the morning and I came. I prepared, I'm not telling you the dream, it's a personal dream. And then I was going to work and I came out of the house and on one of the car that was outside, two white doves sitting on the car like this. And I would think that when I opened the garage, because it, the garage door will make noise. And when I opened the garage, it would have driven them away. But they stayed there calmly like that. And I said, wow. 
What a beautiful sight. And I said, Lord, thank you. I'm anointed to do your work. I said, I'm anointed to do your work. And I will walk in that faith that you have shown me a calling. Hallelujah. Beloved, you are called. And when you least expect, when you are not expecting a sign, God will give you a sign. God will give you a ministry. God will gather people around you. God will make people want to hear you. Hallelujah. You see, in the messages that we preach, it is you who you are taking. There are people, people worldwide, they wait for the message that we preach here to listen to them and to preach. I have been told by pastors, they say, I listen to your message all the time to preach it. One day we were preaching a series and something happened and we were not meeting. He, he, said, he was wondering what happened because I have started a series and I'm going week by week but you have put the pause and I said, we have diverted to something else. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? God has called you to do his work. Put your hands together and stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. Oh, Jesus. We are grateful. We are thankful, Lord. We are grateful. We are thankful in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, that you choose ordinary people like us. You call ordinary people, people who have no talents, people who are not skilled, people who are not considered by others, people who men will not choose, but Lord, you choose such people. You select such people and you use such people. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us. We thank you, Lord, that you have considered us. I pray for everyone that is here this afternoon. Father, give them a hearing in the name of Jesus. Let them heed to your calling. Let them heed to your calling. Let them respond to the calling in the name of Jesus. For you say many are called. There are many that you have called. Many are called but many have not responded. Therefore, few are chosen. But Lord, let it not be our story. Let it be, O oh God, that we will respond to your calling. We shall respond to your calling. Father, we lift our hands and we respond in the name of Jesus. Lift up your two hands and say, Oh Jesus, use me. Use me. Use me. Use me. Use me, Jesus. Use me. I avail myself. Use me. Any form, any shape, anyhow, while you can use me. Oh Lord, use me in the name of Jesus. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Mashori Anything that stands as a resistance, anything of God that stands in our way of our calling, anything, any doubt, oh God, heal our doubt that we will respond to your calling in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, we give you honor. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at Kodesh Family Church, located at 1734 Williams Bridge Road, Bronx, New York, at 12 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you. I see.